Hello, it's episode 129. Today we're talking about side hustles, and while even though it's work, it can feel a lot like self-care. You are listening to the Simple Families Podcast, a Q&A style show that brings you solutions for living well with family. Here's your host, Danae Barahona. Hi there, it's episode 129, and today we're continuing on with our month of talking about self-care. In this episode, I have an interview with Megan Fitzgerald, who is the founder of Tinker Garden. Tinker Garden is one of those companies out there that is supporting moms in finding side hustles that can really bring a lot of personal value and some financial value to the home. I know that for me personally, work is really my time where I feel like I'm taking care of myself. I really love my job. And when I get time to work, I feel more calm and more prepared to be with my family. So while many of you think there's no way I possibly have time to add a side hustle to my plate, it's already way too full, sometimes side hustles can bring a new type of satisfaction, an increased sense of self-worth. Before we jump into today's episode, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Unless you're new to the podcast, you've probably heard me sing the praises of PrepDish. PrepDish is a meal planning service, and I'm always excited to find podcast sponsors that I truly believe and support and use myself. And PrepDish has been such an essential tool in simplifying the cooking and meal prep in our home. We've been using PrepDish for about four months. And while I was previously doubtful that this sort of service would ever work for me, it truly does. And here's how it works. They don't send you food or anything like that. They send you a PDF every week. And on that PDF, there's three parts. There's a list of the recipes and the ingredients a prep day description, and a meal day description. So usually on about Thursday, I order my groceries online. So I sit down with a list of ingredients. I put those into my shopping cart and order them through my local grocery store delivery service. And then over the weekend, my husband and I work together to do the prep day. The prep day option for the standard option takes about an hour and a half. They also have a quick option that's faster. So on prep day, we make all the marinades, all the sauces. We do all the chopping. That way, when it comes time to actually serve the dish on the day of the meal, I only have to do maybe 10 minutes worth of work. The whole process is simple and seamless, and it has made our weekdays so much easier and so much lighter. Prep Dish is giving the Simple Families audience two weeks free, so try it. Let me know how it goes. I want to know if you love it as much as I do. You can go to prepdish.com forward slash families, and that's all lowercase. And there you can get your two weeks of free meal planning. Again, that's prepdish.com forward slash families. Back to today's episode. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Megan Fitzgerald, the founder of Tinker Garden. It was a lot of fun to chat with her about side hustles and the value of side hustles and how we both really find a lot of satisfaction through work. If you have questions or comments, leave those for us in the show notes at simplefamilies.com forward slash episode 129. Now here's the episode. Hi, Megan. Thanks so much for chatting with me today. Yeah. Hi. So glad to be here. Can you start by just telling us a little bit about you and your family and what you do? Sure, sure. So um, I am a mom of three girls, and they are almost four, six, and eight. And my husband and I are co-founders of Tinker Garden. And Tinker Garden, uh, we support a network of teachers around the country 
who work to offer play-based early learning classes to the children and parents about six months to eight years old in their communities. They're all outdoors, all play-based. So they run programs in their local green spaces and lead families through a curriculum that helps kids learn through play and build really important learning skills and helps parents understand how kids develop and how we can use our time with them to um, inspire even more playful learning and, and great development. So that's the work that we do. And, um, and I'm an educator with background. So I was a classroom teacher and an elementary school principal before starting Tinker Garden. And my husband is a technology person. Uh, he develops products for the internet and has worked most of his career on education technology. So he's always been really fascinated by how you can use technology to facilitate learning. So the combination of his technology and my teaching kind of made Tinker Garden happen when we became parents with our first daughter. So how old are your children? My youngest is just about four. And then I have a six-year-old and an eight-year-old. Ah, okay. So do you work from home? I do not work from home um, at this point. I started Tinker Garden working from home and it was very much a sort of a side project. Uh, but now it's really a, a full-blown company. So we have an office not far from our house and um, much of our team is based here with us. And we also have teammates around the country. So we have a central team of about 16 people who work full-time for Tinker Garden. And then we have a great subgroup of our teachers also work part-time for Tinker Garden to coach leaders, to help us make relationships with the parks that we learn in, and to help find new leaders and interview them and go through that process. So we have a big team when we add in all those people. And we have about 1,800 teachers uh, around the country who teach the classes. Great. And I'm so excited to be talking with you today about self-care because you are a mom and you work and you also provide opportunities for a lot of other mothers to have what a lot of people call side hustles, which to me is defined as something that you have in addition to your regular full-time job or your regular full-time stay-at-home gig, whatever it is, something that brings you some satisfaction and feeling of value and maybe a little bit of extra money too. What are your thoughts on side hustles? What are your thoughts on the value of side hustles, Megan? Yeah, I think it's a really unique time for all of us because there's, for me, I was in a very full-time hustle, which is being an elementary school principal and loved my work. But when I thought about wanting to be part of my going to be able to be around and be present for being a parent, especially of young kids, it was hard to think about how do I do that? How do I balance all the pieces? And there's something really intriguing about a side hustle that allows you or a project or a program or a part-time gig or flexible work that allows you to play with that. Um, And I've played with all parts. I've been stay-at-home, I've been part-time, and I've been full-time. And I actually have found benefits to all three at different points and found things that are challenging about all three. But what I like about the flexibility of more of these kinds of gigs is that it allows you to sort of decide how much, where the barrier, where the boundaries are. A little more than you can sometimes when you have a more rigid, have to be there kind of work. And so there's some flexibility there. There's some ability to decide and to sort of t- turn up and turn down different pieces of life that's really appealing. But I think it also allows you to do work that you're really passionate about. And that's one thing that I felt like for me with Tinker Garden and for the people that I work with and the teachers that I support, what we hear echoed so much is that this is work they really, truly enjoy doing and they feel like is improving their kids' lives their lives and their communities. And long range, the people who are involved in projects like Tinker Garden that are really mission driven feel like they're 
their time that they're spending and the work that they're doing is intrinsically motivating, not only because it's so enjoyable, but it also is furthering sort of larger goals for a better world. So helping kids learn more through play, helping them become more creative and more um, excited learners, better problem solvers, more resilient, all these things that we want for not only our own kids, but for the next generation. And then also helping parents get outside more and play more and connect with their neighbors more, all things that sort of we took for granted a few generations ago. And it's just harder to find those kind of community roots and those community connections. So I think for the people, for me and for so many people that I work with, the thing that's wonderful about side hustles is they can really match your passions. And sometimes it's harder to find that in a more traditional full-time role for people. Plus, you can have your whatever your version of parenting looks like, you can be a little more flexible at, at finding out what that is. So at Tinker Garden specifically, a teacher's children are part of the program. If you are a parent, not everyone who's a Tinker Garden leader is a parent. And not everyone who's a Tinker Garden leader who's a parent has children 18 months or six months, I should say now, to eight years old, because that's our age range. But if you do, those children come with you when you're teaching. So you don't also have to make a decision between being with your kids and following this passion at work because they are part of it in a very real and, and very practical sense. They can come with you. Oh, I didn't realize that. I think of that is sort of hard to find an arrangement like that. Mm -hmm. And I think what you touched on, the fact that we go through different phases where sometimes we need more and we need less as far as getting out of the house. And I distinctly remember feeling after the birth of both of my children, probably about eight weeks postpartum feeling like, oh Lord, I need a full-time job. Like I need... I need to get out of here because I work from home and I have a flexible schedule. And But I felt that need. It was sort of a need. It felt at that time, it was like a need to escape. Yes. But it passed. And then I kind of went back where I found my rhythm, where working part-time from home really worked for me. But I think that we go through different phases and we feel... We feel different levels of contentment Mm -hmm. as our children are growing and as we are moving through things. And one of the hard things that I see a lot of mothers going through, particularly those who spend a lot of time at home with the kids, is that it's hard to admit to ourselves that we don't want to do it all day, every day, or that we need a break. Yeah, it really is. And I think what's hard for moms, no matter which arrangement you decide on in terms of balance of things outside home and home, you work really hard and you work around the clock and you have this vision of yourself and of motherhood, I think that is really lofty at times. And I adore my children and they are so much, if you ask me the reason why I'm here. And so, but at the same time, you are a whole person who has many needs and you're a much better coming back to them with your sort of batteries recharged or yourself continued to be tended to. And I think that's so hard because the definition of you changes that day that your first child is born. And so much of the time is you, you, need to, you need to support this person and you get so much value from that, but it's also so all-consuming. And one of the things that we talk about in our new leader training, I think that's really interesting, is a man named Stanley Greenspan. And Stanley Greenspan is much more known for his work on how children develop social and emotional capacity and thinking about how that develops. 
but he actually continues his work all the way through life. And there's a stage of development called starting a family. So for people who choose to start a family, there's actually, we are, we are going through a really big social and emotional change uh, when we become parents through young childhood for our kids. And it's all about trying to find yourself again and reinvent yourself. And it's a real dance between over-engaging and, feel, and being neglectful and trying to find what the right line is there. And I think that's a lot of what it is, is being able to feel like you are engaged in your children, but you're also engaged in yourself. And you have to be, a, for many of us, you have a partner that you're trying to also continue to have a relationship with. And so there's so much there that's pulling at you that it can be really hard to feel like you are competent and good at all of this and that you're getting what you need. So it's been, it's definitely been a struggle for me. And I love my work and I love it. And I want my girls to grow up and love their work, whatever it is. And I love being a mother. And I feel like I love everything that's on my plate, but sometimes it feels like my plate is going to overflow or is overflowing all over the place. So, you know, trying to figure out how to balance all of that is a super challenge, I think. So Megan, when I'm away from my kids, I miss them and I desperately want to be with them. But then when I'm with them, I often feel like I desperately need to get away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Have you ever felt this push and pull sensation where no matter what you're doing, it just feels like you want to be somewhere else. The grass is always greener. Absolutely. And I think that's part of, I tried to share this with Brian and my partner, you know, my partner and say, yeah, it's almost like I can't win because I really want to run and I love to run. So if I run, I'm a better person, but I feel like, wow, I've been, you know, working. How can I go run? You know, it's my time. But then if I don't run, I have, you know, I'm not happy that I didn't run. You know, they're sort of like, ah. And I think what it what has really helped me is to map out a schedule that everybody knows there are pockets of time that are for working, that are a little bit of me time. And it's growing ever so slowly as my kids get their own things. I think that they choose over me, which, you know, I am very in demand still, but I'm a little less in demand now that there are friends down the street and there are activities and there are things that we're interested in, you know, so you can, or if you have your partner or you have, you know, play group or a mom's group or things that you can do that really serve your kids and you can feel good about where they are to carve out a little bit of time for yourself. So I have a schedule where I have little slices of me time and everybody knows what they are. And they're actually called mommy time because I don't think it's bad for my girls to realize that mommy loves them, but mommy also needs a little bit of mommy time. And then we have great times that are like mommy and Maeve time, or, you know, we're going to all read, you know, Charlotte's web together because we're on to the next chapter or we're going to go and we're going to, you know, we're going to make the next, we're going to test out the next Tinker Garden activity together on this, you know, so we kind of schedule our time a little bit more than I used to. And that way, everybody knows that Tuesday evening, that's mommy time, you know, for a little bit, I go out with my friends and that's okay. You know, I'm not there for bedtime, but I'm there up until story time. And then I go. And so I think having that routine makes it feel less torn every time because everybody's really used to it. And then you're also building in those little releases that you get. So you're never getting so built up your need for self-time. And then you're getting those little doses of, oh, I miss you. And you're so sweet when you're sleeping, when I come home and I can't wait to see you when you wake up. Right. And I have definitely fallen into the mommy martyr phase where I feel yeah. like I'm going around and I'm doing everything and I'm taking everything on and my plate is, is overflowing. And then I'm also complaining about it. Yeah. <laughs> 
and I'm in a bad mood and I'm overwhelmed. And that has, that's something that I feel like I've battled for a long time, the need to want to do everything and to be everywhere. And I feel like I am getting a better hold on it now as I'm getting older and my kids are getting older. And the expectations for myself, I'm lowering the expectations in those areas in that I know when I'm trying to do everything and be everywhere that I am not as calm and kind. And I'm not really the person that I want to be either to my kids or to my husband. I totally agree. And I think for me, sleep plays into that as well. Because it's very tempting to get everything done to make the costume for the little play at school and to do to make the really good lunch and to, you know, finish the work piece that has to get done if you are involved in in work that's outside the home and be present for everybody. And sometimes for me, that's been a play with I'm not I won't go to sleep quite. I'll go stay up a little bit later to get one more thing done or I'll wake up early and that also can really run down your your fuse and make those interactions less quality. So it's it's really is hard not to fall into that trap, I think, in one way or another. But the more you can be honest with yourself about, you know, about what you can accomplish and what you really want to take on a bit more discerning, but also just be imperfect. And it's so hard. Like it I think, I don't know if it's just that I've been at it a little bit longer, but the world around me seems a little bit less judgmental than when I was a first mom. And I do think that women are starting to pay attention a little bit to that and to feel like, wow, you know, we're all, it's actually pretty great to be imperfect. And I just think about my girls. I happen to have three girls. That's what, that's who came to me. And I think about them flash forward when they're in my position and I don't want them to run themselves into the ground and I don't want them to hold themselves to a standard that's just not fair and would lead them to not feel content. You know, they, I think if I'm a little bit imperfect, that's actually not bad modeling for them, you know, to say, oh yeah, mom, you know, she didn't always remember snack, but you know, she was, she loved us, you know? So yeah. Or she got upset, but she still loved us sometimes, but you know, she still, she still loved us and we had such great she was always present. That's another thing I've really struggled with and have to work so hard on is to be present when I am with them. And I think one of the things that side hustles and, and self-care time do for us is you can go and you can get all, you can get out some of that need to connect to the outside world, to think differently, to be part of work that you care about. And then you can shut it off and come home. And I found it hard when I was home all the time to figure out, well, how do I connect to the outside world? When do I use my phone? When do I not use my phone? You know, and I think those lines were a little bit more blurry for me where now I have, I've gotten really good about when I come home, the smartphone becomes a phone and it gets put on a shelf and, you know, but then I have these other hours where I'm a connected person outside and that's helped me with them, with my girls be when I'm here, I'm here. And then when I'm not here, that's when I can, you know, try to manage all the other balls in the air. Right. I am a huge proponent of quality over quantity when it comes to time with our kids, because I think that if we try to make all of our time with our kids quality time, then it ends up being feeling like a failure. Like it's just impossible to do. It's better to spend 10 minutes every hour sitting down with your kids and reading a book and then going off and doing the dishes or whatever it is you're going to do rather than really striving to spend every minute engaged with your kid and then feeling like you're not doing it well because it's impossible to do that, to really be all on all the time. And you have to find ways 
that you can step away, even if you are with your kids at home all day, just finding ways that you can step away and take some time to yourself Mm -hmm. and not have to feel bad about that or not, not feel like you're doing something wrong by doing that. Absolutely. And there's a lot of great research and a lot of conversation about independent play and how important that is. Um, And I do think that the pendulum sort of swung a little bit over toward feeling like you need to be ever engaged as a parent. Um, And so there's, if you are with them for long stretches of time, you have the real opportunity to be engaged for part of the time, but also let them explore and let them drive their learning and actually feel like it's not just selfish, but it's good for the kids to give them some independent, safe space to play, to dream their own dreams, sort of build things, test things out. And then that gives you space to read a book or do something that you're interested in and show for them that you do independent play also, or you take time for yourself. Um, And that's easier as they get a little bit older. There's a vigilance required when they're so little. That's just, it is what it is. But you, you know, then you take nap time and try your best to make it for you. Even though there's a million things you feel like you need to do in the house, you know, because the more you can sort of build in those moments for yourself, you'll have that ready for when they are older and they can use that time independently and, and you'll get some of the release that you really need. Absolutely. And I think so many moms who are coming from full-time careers, choosing to stay home or coming from full-time careers and continuing to work in those full-time careers, they are motivated and they're educated and they yeah. are determined and not only do they want to be their best selves, but they also want to be the best mom that they can be and they want to do all the things. And it comes to a point, I think, and we talked about this in episode 125. I spoke with an author named Rahima Dancy and she was talking to us a little bit about this idea that mothering in this day and age is undervalued and that society as a whole doesn't value mothering and the taking care of children enough. And as a result, that we don't value that work ourselves. And it in some ways leads to us feeling a little bit unfulfilled. And how do we sort of, how do we bring value back into the work that we do? And I think for a lot of us, it's finding something that is outside the home, finding work that can occupy your mind and can occupy some of that sparse free time. I mean, I know that for me, work still feels kind of like a break. It still feels mm-hmm. like a side hustle yeah. for me. I'm, I probably work about 25 or 30 hours a week. But when I sit down at my computer, it feels almost like yeah. a break from being a mom. Yep. Because I, I really enjoy my work and because I'm sitting down. And when you're at home with your kids, you're never really sitting down. <laughs> yes. yes. So. And you can kind of dictate your time. And no, I, that's how I would Tinker Garden started for me when I had two mornings a week when a lovely babysitter that my friend, you know, she had two mornings free and I gave myself, it felt like such a gift to get this lovely person to come and take Maeve, you know, who was about one at the time. And she felt like, Oh, you know, I would go to a coffee shop and I would sit and I would read or think or write curriculum for this you know program that I wanted to start. And it just felt like such a gift, you know? So I totally relate to that. And even now, I mean, I work a pretty full schedule. I'm home in the afternoons when I, cause I think that's just important. And I do some pickups and I pick up some soccer practice. You know, I try to be part of things. So I end up working at night and I end up working during the day. But um, but I do feel like work is real you time if it's work that you really care about and reflects you and your interests and your passions. And, um, and I think that's a part of yourself that is wonderful to be able to keep going in a small or big way, whatever size is right for you. So I think that one of the big reservations about a lot of women starting side hustles is that if it does take them away from their kids, 
and they have to pay for childcare, that yeah. those things can get expensive. And in general, side hustles are usually not going to make you rich, right? right. Most of them are, it sort of ends up being a volunteer basis after you pay for a babysitter. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I still think even if you're not making a ton of money, hopefully you're making a little bit of money that can help contribute to the family. And I think that is also something to be said, making income yeah. contributing to your family in that way. I think there's something satisfying about that. I know for me, that has been something that I feel good about being able to contribute. But at the same time, knowing that even if that's not necessarily the case, that the financial motivation for a side hustle isn't going to make it any less valuable. I think even if you're doing it for free, I think there's still you're still going to get value out of it. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And I think that, I mean, in Tinker Garden, you do earn money and you can bring your children to class. So there's not always is a direct cost for childcare, but your time is valuable. So, and I think preparing people who do a wonderful job, spend time preparing, spend time connecting with the families in their area. So families know about Tinker Garden. So there's, there's definitely work that goes into there. Um, and I think compensation is low on the list for what people really feel like they are the most important things they get out for lots of people, even though we think it's really, really important to compensate people well for their expertise and their time. I think the, if we ask leaders all the time and the number one thing that people come into this for and they get a benefit out of it for is they give back to their community. So I think mission-driven work and very purpose-based work, a lot of it has to do with feeling like you're doing something that has a real importance in the world. So I think that's a big piece in addition to your parenting, which raising people who are really well met for the world is that as well. I think the community side is something that a lot of Tinker Garden leaders talk about. And I think it's true for a lot of side hustles. Um, you know, I have friends who do a beauty counter, for example, or friends who work, you know, even part-time on an editing consortium. You know, there's a woman here in our office who does that. That connects her to other like-minded people who are, share similar passions and interests, other adults. So there's that sort of adult space that that fills. Um, and for Tinker Garden leaders, that's both the virtual community of leaders because we are so collaborative online, but also the people who they meet through their classes and the families that they, they make a lot of friends. And they have other people who are sort of in a similar place in life to connect to in a meaningful way around a genuine interest. And I don't think that's unique to Tinker Garden. It's very strong in Tinker Garden because it's so mission-based. But it's, I think this is what a lot of side hustles can provide people is this sort of feeling of being part of something and something that taps into your strengths and talents and lets you be you in a way and to exert that part of you that might be quieted by the other part of you that's become so big, which is this mother part of you or this parent part of you. Right. And I think that being a part and belonging to something outside of your family is important and it's a positive thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a lot of women listening out there who feel like motherhood should just be enough and being a part of your family should be enough. And for some people it is, it absolutely yeah. is. That's okay. And then for some people, they want a little bit more. They need a little bit mm -hmm. of an outlet and it makes them better at their job, at their job as a mother and at their, in some cases, your full-time job, because there are a lot of women who work full-time, have a side hustle and have a family. And I think that that is fantastic too, because especially if your full-time job isn't necessarily your passion, you right. can find a side hustle that will help to bring you that level of satisfaction and fulfillment as well. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think for Tinker Garden specifically, I think the people who do the full-time work and lead are often teaching. So for them, that's sort of an extension of work. But the, the nice thing about Tinker Garden and, and some side hustles, which is a little bit more rare, is that you're, if you are a parent and you're trying to balance 
being an active mom or dad and raising your kids with a side hustle that you're passionate about, the kids actually come with you. So, and by training and going through the process of learning and developing, you know, the understanding of the curriculum, there's just so, we get so much feedback from leaders that they've been able to apply that directly as a parent in addition to as a leader so that they, this actually syncs up with the mothering work and they have now a community of people who are really like-minded that they can bounce off their parenting questions and, you know, get advice and feel like they're in, they really have a village um, that's local, but also national that they can be a part that, that fits in with their mothering. So um, our fathering, as it were, because we do have some dads for Tinker Garden leaders as well. So thinking about that, this makes me better at both of my jobs by having this is a really neat piece about it that doesn't make it feel quite so at conflict with my desire to mother or father. Absolutely. And I love this idea that we are modeling for our kids that we can make space for ourselves. And I know that, and I have a daughter and I hope that someday she becomes a mother herself, but I would want her to be able to retain herself in the process Mm -hmm. and have her own goals and desires. And I think that being selfless and being a martyr, we can feel like that's the right thing to be as a mom, but it isn't for everyone. And I think that I know for myself, from the moment I became a mom, I knew that I needed something outside the home, something to occupy my brain and my body and to keep me engaged intellectually and with adults. And I'm so glad that I've done that. Some days I feel like I just want to quit and just yeah. be with my kids because it seems like a lot to balance both. Yep. But I also know that I would feel a little bit empty if I didn't have that. Yeah, I think you really have to listen to yourself, which can be so hard because there are lots of messages swirling around you. For me, I had my mom was a stay-at-home mom and was always there, you know. And so I had to go through some work to think about um, that was a different time and a different context and a different woman. But that was my model for motherhood, and my mom's been so amazingly supportive at saying, "No, you are you, and you have this passion and this thing to share with the world, and that's who you are." So she's been very supportive at helping me let go of in order to be a full, you know, mom. I have to follow the mother model that I had, you know, which is you do have to kind of work through that. But also for me, it's so important that I have a balance that I have. So, you know, choosing to start our own company, I can say, this is going to be my schedule. You know, I have a lot to get done, but I I can make, you know, my plate as full as I need to. And just allowing ourselves to be whoever we are. And I have friends who absolutely are happiest home and they love that. So for them, I think as long as we're not feeling like we have to be home and we're thinking about if we do have that martyr voice, because I had it loud in my head, you know, thinking about that martyr really is trying to be the best for their kids that they can. So that's why I think that idea of what do we want to teach our kids? What do we want to teach our sons and our daughters about parenting and about motherhood is a great entry point for checking the martyr. Because because if the martyr is honest with the martyr, it may not be the best message for, for either our sons or our daughters that, you know, that moms never have time for themselves, that moms are, don't have a balance you know, that works for them. So making sure that you really listen to yourself and that you're the model of who you are. You don't feel badly about being home if that's where you want to be, but you don't feel badly about having a balance of home and out of home if that's what drives you. Because what you describe is just how I felt. I feel like I know myself and I know that I need a piece of me that's outside and is connected to who I have developed to myself to be in my career and my passions. And that person needs to still exercise herself to make me feel like me and in this new parenting context. 
Yes. And I'm glad that you mentioned sons because I often think about the impact of my work on my son and the impact of my relationship with my son and my daughter's relationship with my son, because he's really learning about women and what women are capable of through his relationships with my daughter and I, who are the two most present females in his life. Mm -hmm. And if there's any hope of women ever breaking through the glass ceiling, it's going to be as a result of men being able to envision us differently and men knowing how much that we're capable of. And I really want that for my son. I want him to see that females are strong and capable and can do anything. And he will take that with him as he grows and into the workforce. And that is so valuable. And I think a lot of times we spend building our girls up and telling them how capable they are. But I think we need to spend equal as much time giving those messages to our our sons about girls and what they're capable of. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the only way that a system will become truly equitable is when everybody sees it that way. And that we, we communicate that so much through actions and examples and models. And girls and boys should be able to see a full range of what moms can do and what dads can do if we want that. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me, Megan. This is been great chatting with you. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. And so much of what you say resonates so much with me. And so, you know, I'm thrilled to have been able to have a chat and I love the site and the, and the podcast. So just excited to be a part of it. Awesome. Thanks. And I would like to leave any links and information for anyone interested in learning more. I'll put those in the show notes. Perfect. Thanks for tuning in. If you want to stay in touch with Megan or learn more about Tinker Garden, you can go to simplefamilies.com forward slash episode 129 and get the links to what we talked about today. If you want to stay in touch with Simple Families, the email list is the best way. If you go to simplefamilies.com and leave your email at the top, you'll stay in touch with everything that's going on on the blog, on the podcast, and in the community. And please take a moment to leave a rating or review on iTunes. That helps this show to reach more people. I appreciate your support and thanks for tuning in.